Yeah, wow. It's so nice to be here. Thank you so much, Dini, for having me. Thank you to Alts. This is such, I feel like this um, organization, Rabbi Shlemy and Gitol Naparstik, you really breathe new life into the Mashiach campaign and to the focus and the um, intention of Mashiach into every one of our hearts. And this campaign, this morning, the one mitzvah, when I heard that we are, this event is around, built around to support the one mitzvah.org. I started my own page and I have to say, it's really nice. It's beautiful the whole day. We are collect, I'm collecting mitzvahs. Um, and it, and it's, and it's beautiful because it all comes down to doing mitzvahs. Sometimes we get distracted by the programming, by the events, by the technical details that we're always so busy with, but this is just do another mitzvah to prepare for Mashiach, to welcome Mashiach. And it's just, it's so beautiful. So thank you, Tut Alts, and thank you everybody for being part of this, for everyone who contributed. Tonight's theme is that each and every one of us is an influencer. And that word kind of, it ticked me off because to me, when I think of influencer, I think of somebody who has a lot of followers on social media. And to me, that seems fake. That seems ego-driven. Um, and it's not even trustworthy because when I see someone on social media promoting a product or on a YouTube video promoting something, I'm like, okay, how much were they paid to say that, right? And it seems fake. So, but obviously the Rebbe's definition of an influencer is entirely different. I think the Rebbe's word for influencer is probably like Vivi Darren said, Mashiach, uh, Mashpia. And, and to be that influencer, it's not what makes us an influencer is not the fact that we have a lot of followers, nothing to do with being charismatic or being able to do anything right or being able to do well, you know, anything well, just saying the right things. We are influencers because that's who we are. We're influencers because we're carriers of Hashem's light. We're carriers of the Rebbe's guidance, the Rebbe's light. And what we're carrying is so big, it's so precious, it naturally spills over and influences the people in our lives. Not because of anything we did or, di or didn't do, but because of the awareness of what we are carrying and who we represent. And the bigger Hashem is to us, the more the Rebbe means to us, the bigger and stronger our influence will naturally be. I wanna share a story about that. Mr. Michael Weinbaum was a Jewish man who was born in Chernovitz to parents who were no longer observing Torah and Mitzvahs. In 1939, when he was 15 years old, his family came to Canada, settling in Montreal. And Michael knew that he was Jewish. He actually, he had some Jewish education, but he didn't feel Jewish. He didn't feel connected. In fact, he wasn't even sure that he believed in Hashem. He, he certainly didn't care about anything related, but he had many existential questions and he wanted to find answers. He wanted to find a direction. He wanted to find somewhere that he really could belong. So he made an appointment with three people, a Catholic minister, uh, a Catholic priest, a Protestant minister, and a Jewish, a reformed Jewish rabbi. He decided that he would present his existential questions to each and every one of them. And whoever answers him, the way he likes, that's who he is going to follow. But none of them were able to satisfy his thirst for meaning, for purpose, for genuine understanding, for authentic connection. And so he gave it up. He gave up, he decided, you know what? It doesn't exist. He gave up on, on, on the Catholic 
and uh, Catholicism, whatever the word is, and Protestant, um, you know, he didn't convert, but he also gave up on his Yiddishkeit. And in 1960, his mother passed away. When, he pa when she passed away, he knew that when a Jew passes away, the son is supposed to say Kaddish. So he wanted to honor his, honor his mother with saying Kaddish. And so he looked for a way to do that. He was a pharmacist by profession and he worked on Park Avenue, a few minutes away from the Lubavitch Yeshiva in Montreal. One of the customers who frequented the pharmacy that he worked in told him, if you wanna say Kaddish, just go down a couple of blocks to the Lubavitch Yeshiva. There are always enough people there for a minion and you will be able to say Kaddish over there. So that's what he did. And that's how Mr. Weinbaum found himself walking into the shul of the Lubavitch Yeshiva in Montreal one day. And he stood in the back of the shul, trying not to you know, get too much attention to himself. And just, he took part in the davening. And at the end of the davening, he said Kaddish, turned around, about to walk out of the building. But suddenly a bacher, a young bacher, ran over to him, stopped him and said, hi, how are you? I see you're new here. How about, you know, would you like to learn a little bit? And Mr. Weinbaum was already convinced that Yiddishkeit did not have what he was looking for. He already had given up on Yiddishkeit and he was in a rush. So he said, no, thank you. And he turned around to leave. But the bacher didn't let him go. The bacher said, please, please, just a few minutes. Mr. Weinbaum said, listen, I checked it all out already and I know that I'm not interested. So I appreciate your offer, but no, thank you. But the Bacher wouldn't take that no for an answer. And he was so sincere and so wholehearted and so authentic that Mr. Wanham said, you know what, fine. And the Bacher said, okay, let's sit down and learn a few minutes. For a few minutes, we're gonna learn a little bit of Tanya. And that's what they did. They sat for a few minutes and learned. Mr. Weinbaum immediately realized that there was something here that he had never learned before and that was so beautiful and precious. So they made up to learn again. And this began a relationship between a self-proclaimed agnostic intellectual college graduate and a young yeshiva bacher who had just learned how to speak English. He was a refugee who settled in Montreal after the war. And Mr. Weinbaum was intellectually honest, spiritually honest, emotionally honest, and he recognized the truth of the Torah and Chassidus. He developed a relationship with the Rebbe and eventually became completely observant of the Torah in a full-fledged Chassid, Mayor Weinbaum, who was the father of a, of a, of a big family in, in, in Montreal. Not only that, but he also inspired some of his friends to pick up the learning that he had discovered and to reach out to the Rebbe. And he connected other, his, his friends to the Rebbe and the Bacher and, and the chain of connection that he started that day or that was launched, the seeds that were planted that day are growing and continue to give forth fruits to this very day. The Bacher in that story, and the reason why I know this story so well is because the Bacher in the story was my father, Rav Arniakot Ben, Rav Mardachel Yahushvei, whose yard site was today. And of course, if I'm mentioning, I just want to say his neshama should have an aliyah. We all want to be reunited with him and with all our beloved family and community members whom we lost. We should be re reunited with them very, very soon with the coming of Mashiach. And our family, the Shvei family, is very connected with the Weinbaums. We feel like family. We're all extended family. And it all began from one interaction, one moment of sincere, wholehearted connection. And that's really what tonight's theme is about. No matter how old or how young we are, no matter what our capabilities are, 
no matter how smart or successful or shy or busy or needy we are. Each of us has so much to give to the world and to the people around us. And I thought of this story because my father was not a loud, outgoing person. He was refined, he was soft-spoken. And as a bacher, he was so shy. It was not easy for him to walk over to a person he didn't know and encourage him to learn. Most of us say, you know, it's not my type of thing. I'm not an influencer. I'm not this type of person to reach out. I'm not a teacher. I'm not a speaker. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not the kind of person who does this. But that's, that language and that math could work when we're using, you know, there are people out there who like, who like being influencers. They want to have a lot of followers and they want to be busy and they want to be in the public limelight. And it's all about them. But that's not the kind of influencers that we're talking about. Because when there's a fire burning and we are in the position of saving someone's life, we don't think about if we like it or we don't. We don't have to be a firefighter to give somebody a hand and help them walk through the smoke and help them get through it, right? If they're right in front of us, we don't have to be a firefighter. We don't have to be, we're the label influencer. We don't have to have a following to make a difference to somebody's life. All we have to do, all we have to do is carry something and be committed in a way that's bigger than ourselves. So that it naturally, so that it naturally flows from us. And if you're on this call, and if you're listening now or you're listening to the recording, it's because you and I, each of us, is charged with a mission to let everyone know that Mashiach is coming and to prepare to inspire and motivate and encourage everyone we know, beginning with ourselves and our families, to prepare for Mashiach. And with that, we're really saving lives because. Without that direction of Mashiach, without the clarity that all of this is leading to Mashiach, we could really feel like the world is falling apart. But when we know that Mashiach is coming, we know that it's not falling apart. It's coming together in exactly the way it needs to for Mashiach to come. And what we could do is not wring our hands and you know get hysterical and, and, and sit and worry, but we pick the side. We pick the side. We pick that we want to be in the reality of Geula and focus on that. And we have what to do. It gives us where to put our energy. It gives us where to put our attention. And it helps us be part of the solution instead of marinating in the mud holes of worrying about the problems. So we can do this. We can do this by inviting people to learn, by inviting people to connect, to get involved in preparing for Mashiach, and, and doing everything that we can. And I love this campaign because it's just as simple as that. Do another mitzvah. Just do one mitzvah. Take on one mitzvah that we do every day for as long as it takes for Mashiach to come. But I think there's something that gets in our, in our way. I know that this is what gets in my way. I think, who am I to say something? Who am I to speak up to this person or to that person? You know, they're not interested. I'm not going to make a fool out of myself. Well, let's think about it for a minute. A young Bacher really barely knew English, noticed a person standing in the back of the show, dressed a little differently from, dressed very differently probably from the, you know, from the Hasidic garb that he was familiar with, who was quite a few years older than him. And he could have easily said, you know what? Leave it for someone else. Let someone else reach out to him. Could have easily not noticed him and be, been focused on his own stuff. But if we learned anything from the Rebbe, 
It's to notice and to care and to reach out and not back down just because someone isn't interested. You're pushing me away, but I'm not going away. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not giving up. I believe, I believe that this little book called the Tanya has something that you need, something that you cannot live without because I know, because I also can't live without it. So let's learn it together. Not because I'm an influencer, not because I'm better than you, but because we need this. We all need this. And because this, to let it flow, to let it, to let it run through, um, to let it run, to let it run, to let it roll, to let everyone pick it up and be touched by it and be carried by it. So that's, um, so that's that. But the thing is, I think also we don't, we're shy. We're, we're, we're insecure. We feel like maybe, maybe, you know, maybe I don't know. I, I want to just conclude with one story. Rav Shneur Zalman Gorelik was the Rav of Krechabad for many years. And before he became the Rav, when he was asked to take on the position, he went into Yechidus with the Rebbe. And he told the Rebbe about the offer to become the Rav. And he said, but Krechabad needs a Rav with more stature. The community needs a Rav who's more respectable, was greater distinction and prominence. And when he said this to the Rebbe, he meant it. It wasn't like the kind of, you know, fishing for a compliment. He really felt inadequate. He really felt like the community needed someone more qualified. And he believed that he wasn't enough respectable. And the Rebbe didn't say, don't worry, you're good enough. Or yes, you are respectable. You are qualified. Don't worry about that. No. When he said the community needs someone with more stature, the Rebbe said, okay, then acquire more stature. Become get more respectability. And the Rebbe wasn't playing games, chas v'shom. The Rebbe was saying, you have that respectability in you. It's within your reach. You have that statute, own it. And I think that's true for all of us, for each of us, because of course, each of us is amazing. We really have so many strengths and we have tremendous capacity to influence others, whether it's our neighbors, our workmates, our friends, our, 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 our friends we haven't yet met, we have it in us to influence everyone we meet, but we need to know it, we need to own it. Because if we don't, then we sit in the back and we do nothing. If we don't own our amazingness, we don't use it. We'll think, yeah, in the merit of the righteous women, we were redeemed from Mitzrayim and in the merit of righteous women, we will be redeemed. But you know what? It's someone else. For sure not me, anyone but me, because I am just me. And I know that I say that, I'm sure that you, you, we all say that, it's just me. But really, there's no such thing as just me. Each of us is amazing. We have that respectability, we have that empowerment, we have that ability to influence others. And when we feel incapable, we have to do some work. We have to let go of the lies that we believe about ourselves. We have to recognize that any voice in our head that says we're not good enough or that we don't have anyone who's influenced by us. It's all a lie. We are carriers of Hashem's light. We're we are representatives of Hashem himself. Could there be anything or anyone that has more capacity for influencers? No way. <laughs> no way for influencing, sorry. No way. We are all influencers, whether we like it or not, whether we know it or not. And so we may as well know it and like it and embrace it. And I know, you know, my father influenced so many people 
They really did. There are countless people who are walking around today who were touched by his kindness and caring and by the teachings that he represented. And he, of course, spoke publicly on many occasions, but that's not what touched people deeply. That's not what changed anybody's life. Nobody changes their life because they heard a good speech. It doesn't happen that way, right? The greatest impact he had was in stories like the one I told before, walking over to one person, a person who claimed that he wasn't interested and saying, hi, how are you? I have something for you. So my dear friends, let's pause for a moment here and now. And let's give this a few seconds of real thought. And let's think, how can I boost my own awareness of Mashiach? I'm so grateful for the Tut Alt's office for doing these things, because you know what? The whole day I'm listening to this Fabrengen and last night too, in between whatever else I'm doing. And it's it's a boost for my awareness of Mashiach, but it can't stop at this Fabrengen. We all have to keep boosting our awareness of Mashiach every day, not just on a Fabrengen day. What can I do to prepare more for Mashiach? And where in my life, where in our lives, can we influence people to be more conscious of Mashiach and to really be ready with more mitzvahs? For those of us who already have a platform, maybe we're already influencing other people through business or shluchas or forum. That's interesting in one way or another for others. We just need to add a dimension of Mashiach. Let's give Mashiach more space within our platforms that we already have. And if we don't already have a platform, or if we have a platform that could really be so much bigger, bigger than it already is, let's get serious about this work. Let's reach out and touch more lives, more awareness about Mashiach. Somewhere, someone is waiting for me or you to walk over to them and say, hi, I have something. I have something for you. I have something important for you. And I know you need it, so please give me the time. I know you don't have so much time, but be, give me the, the two minutes. Let's give it a try. Someone is waiting for you or me to reach out and tell them that Mashiach is coming and that we need to prepare by learning Torah and doing more mitzvahs. So that's, that's, um, that's it. So go to onemitzvah.org and sign up, create a page where people could commit to doing mitzvahs in honor of Mashiach, write a note, and send the link to all your friends and contacts. Collect mitzvahs one at a time. And that's, of course, just one of the ways to use your influence right here and right now. But beyond that, every day, let's do something to boost our own aware awareness of Mashiach. And every day, let's reach out to at least one person to spread awareness. Let's not push it off for a different time. Let's not push it off to a different person. It's you and me, each and every one of us, here and now.